0: You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast. It's Lindsay Simpson and Krista Williams.
1: Greetings, Almost 30 Nation. Hello, Almost 30 Nation. How are you? I'm sweating. Sweating. <laughs> we're hot in here today. So happy to see that more of you are joining in our Facebook group. Today in the group, everyone was talking about what food they were prepping for the week. So yeah. it's Sunday here in LA, but people all over the world in our group were talking about what food they're prepping for the week. So that yeah. was amazing to see that everyone's kind of coming together on that. So join the secret Facebook group on Facebook. Just search secret almost 30 Facebook group. And then also stop what you're doing right now. Put this on pause and please write us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm means a lot we get on dope guests where we can have fun together with them and then we also can bring on more sponsors that have exclusive discount codes or do giveaways and everything like that so it really 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 helps us out and it would really mean a lot if you did if you were to serve you yeah and have you heard that we have launched our Patreon page? Patreon.
0: So if you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot slash almost thirty, we have launched our page and it is a space for creatives and for us as podcast hosts and producers to share with you exclusive content and rewards and just give back. So you can pledge two, five, ten dollars or more a month and get rewards like our Super awesome dad hats Mm -hmm. With our logo on them They're (laughs) sick They're sick And we also offer A monthly episode Exclusive for our patrons Mm -hmm. Basically it's Krista and I In our Almost 30 Lounge Almost 30 Lounge Um, It's amazing People really enjoy This last one that we released Among other rewards And shout outs So yeah We would love for you To become a patron It means the world to us Mm -hmm. So yeah On today's episode
1: Yes Today's episode With Maria Marlowe So she is an author She has has the Real Food Grocery Guide, which we'll talk about. And then she's also a speaker. And then she is an integrative nutrition coach. Her bread and butter is really teaching you how to improve your health naturally, to clean up your diet to help your skin. So she had struggled with issues with her skin growing up, and she discovered that she could help clear her acne by eating a well-balanced and rounded diet. So now she talks a lot about that. She also talks about how to eat to lose weight and how to eat to feel healthy. And then her book, which is amazing. So The Real Food Grocery Guide is your basically a guide to navigate the grocery store. There are so many labels out there, gluten-free, fat-free, organic blah, 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 blah. What's important on a label? What are the aisles I should go to? What aisles should I avoid? And she talks about everything like that in her guide. And
0: Maria has been seen in Vogue, Self, NBC, Fox, The New York Times, and Will and Good, among others. We're just so excited that we get to share this conversation with you guys. We talk about everything. So get your notebooks out. Mm -hmm. We are also speaking to Maria over Skype, and she is in New York City. So you might hear a few sirens here and there. Yes, the
1: sound and the, it's not the best. It's not the
0: best sound. So bear with us. Yep. But you will get everything out of it that you need. We're so excited. So enjoy our conversation with Maria Marlow. Okay. But we would love to hear from you kind of what brought you to like this health and wellness space and specifically working with people to eat for their skin and for beauty. Um, And yeah, we would just love to hear like your story. Sure.
2: So I always, you know, joke that when people look at me now, they think that I grew up with green juice in my baby bottle and, you know, eating really healthy, but that could not be farther from the truth. Mm. I grew up eating a very standard American diet, pizza, you know, fast food, cookies, cake. Um, I did not eat a vegetable until I was no joke, uh, like after 18 years of age, uh, besides were french fries and tomato sauce on the pizza. And so, you know, because of my diet, I ended up with a lot of health problems, probably to me being like a teenager, uh, the, the most depressing or upsetting one was the fact that I had really really bad acne and I went to dermatologists I went to doctors I tried over-the-counter medications I tried uh, prescription medications they even wanted to put me on Accutane um, which I was about to do but then I read the side effects that it's like severe depression that can lead to suicide and I was like okay yeah, that's just what I need. Yeah, you're like oh, perfect. I, I, I'm like, oh great, this is a great time. Yeah. I'm
1: taking something like this, I'm like depressed. Yeah, you're like doubly depressed. You're
2: like, oh So I was just, you know, for a long time, I was just relegated to this fact that I was cursed, or I just had yeah. bad luck or bad genes, and you know, I I unfortunately had had this issue and then you know I was also you know 20 pounds heavier than I am now I was getting sick all the time but it was my skin that really upset me the most and so long story short I in when I got to college I met someone like a, a fellow classmate there who suggested she's like maybe your skin problems are coming from what you're eating and meanwhile I'm like sitting at lunch eating like my lunch was like a box of Entman's chocolate chip cookies yes um, and, so
1: and like, you're like I have the worst genes ever because <laughs> <I know, exactly. laughs> right? that's what we're taught 100% yeah. we're never taught
2: that you know our food other than our weight yep. or at least I wasn't
1: same you know?
2: yeah and so I was like wow that's a really novel idea you know maybe my my food is what's causing my skin and I was like desperate at the you know at that time so yeah. I'm like okay let me try changing my diet and see you know see if anything happens let me humor this girl yeah you're like this
1: is I crazy know. but I <laughs> might try it <laughs>
2: yeah. and so I, I you know took a lot of pretty much everything that I was eating out of my diet and I added in the craziest thing ever which were vegetables which like me in the produce section at the grocery store at that point in time was like uh-huh. you know I was just totally overwhelmed and bewildered
1: you're like I'll just no grab way. a baked potato
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah and like you know the only thing that I could think of was like a salad right like, yeah like, okay vegetables what 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 is that like okay a salad and so um you know started adding more vegetables and salads into my diet and took out you know like a lot of processed products and and animal products. And lo and behold, my skin actually started clearing up. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Mm. You know, the bumps went down, the redness went down. Um, I, and then, you know, eventually it like, you know, completely cleared and I was like, wow, this is amazing. What a coincidence. I happened to cut all this stuff out and my skin just automatically cleared up. But like, Hey, it looks great now. So I'm going to go back to eating all the foods that I was eating before. Mm. What is that?
0: So, That's so, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Of course, of course you know, the second I started eating those foods again, my skin immediately broke out. And so I was like, oh, wow, you know, there must, there, there must be something to this. And so, um, you know, again, cut them out, my skin cleared up again. And then I sort of just became obsessed with nutrition and healthy eating and, and understanding the benefits of different foods and how different foods are, affect our body beyond just weight. Um, you know, I sort of went down this nutrition rabbit hole and discovered food affects our skin, whether it gets acne or not, you know, whether it wrinkles or not. Our mood, our memory, our IQ, our athletic performance, our immunity, our cancer risk, and everything in between. And I was just like, wow, you know, why doesn't anyone teach us this? And I decided that I would be that person since no one else was doing it.
0: I love that. And it's just, it's it's emotional. I think, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your skin mm-hmm. and it's not feeling looking its best, it like it it hits you harder than any other, I think, you know, physical, you know know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know. I get very emotional when my skin is bad and obviously that makes it worse. Mm -hmm. What, what were you finding that when you were cutting it out, it was really clearing up your skin? Is there any like particular type of food?
2: Well, everyone, everyone's sort of different in what, you know, there, there's many different factors that contribute to acne, Mm -hmm. but per, but personally for me, it was, it was definitely dairy.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, uh, that I could like literally see the the difference instantaneously. Anything like sugar, or high mm. glycemic foods are also another um, really common trigger. And then it could also be just not having the right nutrients, right? So people forget skin's an organ. Yeah. And just like any other organ, it needs specific vitamins, minerals, nutrients to, you know, look its best, you know, have its best, you know, quality and and um, so, you know, it could just be that we're not eating enough of the right foods as well, or we're eating too many inflammatory foods, right? Mm. What, is, what is acne? It's inflammation, right? We could see it as a bump. We see it as a redness. And so then there's foods that are inflammatory, right? Like the sugary and refined and processed foods. And then there's foods that are anti-inflammatory, which I had no idea about at that time. And so, yeah, you know, there's just multiple different factors and, and multiple different ways that food could be affecting our skin.
1: I'm from the Midwest, and um, I lived. I grew up in Ohio, and my sister worked at um, a Pizza Hut that was connected to a Dairy Queen. And she was always a rail. Like my whole life, she was like 112 pounds when she went to college. But so she would eat all the shit there, and her skin was so bad. Her whole high school, Mm. and it killed her. Like it would just kill her. Like she was so depressed about it and now i think like she was like oh i have such bad luck like blah, blah blah and we're like why did she have such bad skin it was like because she was like clearing mountain dews and like pizza hot at night <laughs> all that dairy <laughs> all wow. that dairy like now we're like oh girl like now we know why your skin is so bad but back in the day you just you didn't connect the body with what you were doing or what you were eating so um yeah it's so Hi. nice it's so nice to hear you made that connection
2: Right. And I feel like still to some extent, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, this yeah. whole idea that you are what you eat is still a pretty new and novel idea. And I think people are starting to wake up to this yeah. stuff now, particularly in, in a relation to skin. I'm seeing a lot yes, more I like, agree. skin products and stuff, like yep. vitamins for your skin, etc. But like, you know, sometimes people will come to me with digestive issues, like they're bloated mm. all the time. Or have, and they have no like they, they don't draw the connection with like, oh, maybe it's something that you're eating and putting through your digestive tract that that is causing this or migraines all the time. Same thing. Maybe it's something that you're eating or doing all of the time that that's could be the underlying cause of this. And so, you know, I, I really I feel like my mission here is to really help people understand that you know, food affects everything.
1: And
2: if we're willing to like, listen to our body, it will typically tell us what it needs.
1: And I think to your point, I completely agree. I think skin people are starting to realize digestive is the next. And from my perspective, it's like your mood and your like personality are almost like the new frontier of like how food affects it in that way. Because for me, it's like that. I'm really noticing now how food is affecting my mood overall.
2: Oh, definitely hundred percent
0: a hundred percent um how do you help your clients like change their mindset when it comes to food I think people are like from a very young age programmed to see food in a particular light mm-hmm. like in what ways do you reprogram the way they see it
2: so I always like to start with like giving people a why right because you know, in this country in particular, nobody really cares about prevention. Everyone cares about reversal. So it's yeah. like once we're sick, once we have something, once we have the acne, then all of a sudden we want to change our diet. But if we don't have that beforehand, we don't really care. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, understanding your why—like why eat healthy? Because if you feel like it's a chore, or you feel like it's something that you have to do, you're only going to do it for a short period of time. You're going to throw in the towel. It's not going to stick. Um, you're going to be, you know, begrudgingly do it. It's not going to be fun. So really, like, connecting with what your why is, whether it's, you know, clearing up your skin or just feeling better, um, you know, uh, looking better, you know, being in a better mood, whatever it is, trying to pinpoint what's really important to that person and give them the why of why they're they're doing it. Um, And, yeah, just also really kind of drawing that connection between food as fuel and Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's... There, there are certain things available for food, right, at the grocery store that I don't really think are food, right, because they don't nourish our bodies. And they, um, they don't give us the nutrients and the vitamins and everything that we need to be healthy and to to be happy. And so um, I don't consider those things real food. And just you know, drawing that distinction because I think that's kind of a, a hard or strange concept to swallow, right? Like mm-hmm. you think anything in the grocery store is going to be food, right? But it's it's not really the case so i think having a really strong why and then letting people experiment my my style is not to tell anyone what to do or not to preach i just educate you know i ask people questions i plant some seeds and then i let them ultimately be the person who makes the decision what, what kind of diet they want to follow or what kind of foods that they want to eat. You know, for example, doing elimination diets um, are very helpful because you can see very quick, quickly in a very short period of time if a certain food is affecting you negatively or not. And so uh, I just kind of like lead the horse to water and then let them make the, you know, the decisions for themselves. And usually when you experience, you know, if you're feeling sick or you're having skin issues or whatever your problem is, And then you experiment with changing up your diet for a couple weeks or a month, and then you see the difference and you see that stark contrast, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to want to do it versus feel like you you have to do it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And so when you were talking uh, talking earlier about um, what's not real food, like what are some examples of things that are not real food that people may think are?
2: Yeah, so I feel like this process, like all this highly refined processed you know, foods in those neon colored packages that sort of scream, you know, your name and buy me. Mhm. low fat foods or no sugar foods which are literally like just chemicals or artificial sweeteners and artificial colors. Like these are not food. Yeah. Food comes from the earth, right? And it's the minimally processed uh, things such as vegetables fruit you know beans not seeds um, it could be high quality minimally processed animal products um, in limited amounts but um, it's really the the stuff that you want to avoid that that I don't think is like real food for our body that's not going to give us the nourishment that our body needs to feel and look its best uh, those are the things that are just highly refined high in sugar high in white flour um, high in calories and just devoid of nutrients
0: yeah. Um, So talk to us about your um, programs that you offer. Um, I think it's super smart to be very specific about, you know, when you offer a program. Um, I'm super interested in the Eat for Beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, But talk to us about that and why it works.
2: Sure. So I I think the program that's nearest and dearest to my heart would be Eat Beauty which is a 90 day program for clearing your skin naturally through diet and lifestyle. And what that does is it really, um, you know, through my years and years of research and trial and error and working with people, um, I discovered that there are usually a few common denominators in terms of what's causing someone's acne, whether it's food. And that could be a lack of the right foods or too many of the wrong foods, um, whether it's, uh, stress or hormones, whether it's pollution or cosmetic, you know, toppable. and it's typically most commonly it's more food related, and then the stress hormone related. But the interesting thing there is that food also affects your stress hormones and your, you know, your regular, your sex hormones, right? So um, they're all kind of uh, connected, and so the the program helps you figure out, okay. Based on your symptoms and everything that you're experiencing, you know, which, what are the underlying, what may be the underlying causes of acne for you, and here are some suggestions in terms of diet and lifestyle. What can you add in? What can you take out? Um, What can you do to, um, and so it's not just food, what can you do in your lifestyle to reduce your stress or, you know, exercise or or whatever it is that's going to help, you know, your specific uh, issue. Uh, And it gives you meal plans. It gives you foods uh, to try, and just kind of really like walks you through understanding why the conventional, you know, products don't are not are not really enough, right? Because Mm -hmm. you know, I I was there, and I'm sure many of us have experienced this. You know, you spend all this money on all these creams and lotions, and whether they are the expensive drug, you know, uh, department store ones or just like the the drugstore ones, um, they work temporarily um or to an extent but they don't typically offer full clearance not for everyone anyway and so um you know skin has two sides right it has an inside and an outside and so mm-hmm. yes the outside the the lotions and potions and everything are are important but you cannot neglect the, the inside and, and your your blood right that is like feeding your skin from the inside so we need to really have that two pronged approach of treating skin both internally and externally.
0: Now, when people are experiencing um, like hormonal breakouts um, or what they think to be hormonal breakouts, is there something that you can do like nutritionally to like either just keep it at bay or, you know, take down the inflammation? I experience hormonal breakouts like clockwork every month. Um, And I'm always wondering like, if i eat pretty clean and healthy but if there's anything that i can do on top of like what i normally eat to reduce the inflammation
2: sure so two things that i recommend um one is sort of something that you would do every day to kind of help mitigate and prevent as much as you can which is eating dark leafy greens every single day Mm -hmm. at least two or three cups and then the second thing sort of in the moment when, you know, the breakout already happens or it's that time of the month is eating foods that are highly anti-inflammatory. So particularly those are high in omega-3s. So that's things like crushed or milled flaxseed um, or seeds, chia seeds. Also, uh, wild salmon is a great source of omega-3s or even just turmeric and ginger. Those are very highly anti-inflammatory. So adding them to whatever you're cooking, putting them in a smoothie or a juice, any of those foods are going to be really highly anti-inflammatory and going to help bring down the redness and inflammation as you know quickly as possible.
1: Mm. Okay, great. And then for the – so the there's the skin plan and then for the weight loss plan, what sort of information and what sort of foods do you have in there? Is it more like – like is it more calories in calories out is it getting your fats getting your fiber or what exactly is in that plan or what makes it different or, or what exactly is sure. that like
2: so yes yeah, so the eat slim so there's kind of two versions there's eat slim and then eat healthy so eat slim is an actual 10-week program the next one starting june
1: 18
2: mm-hmm. and i started this when i first started you know health coaching i was like i just want to help everyone get healthy help, get healthy get healthy and everyone's like oh i just want you to help me lose weight yep so i'm like oh fine okay if that's what you want you <laughs> to get healthy and then the losing weight is just a side effect of that yeah and so so eat slim is basically a 10 week program that i've been running in person in new york city for the past i think 3 years multiple times a year and it's been really popular it's really fun because it's in a group setting and so it's not again not me preaching it's me kind of educating um about different foods and helping you really get, get to know your body a little bit better and to start understanding it like how it acts or, or reacts to different foods so over the 10 weeks we would um you know talk about well first of all the biggest thing is calories in calories out in in my opinion mm-hmm. is the uh So, in a closed system, calories in, calories out works. But in a in the human body, there are so many factors at play. versus broccoli like it just it doesn't feel right right yeah and, and it's not it's not the same thing right whereas one you know it's gonna spike your blood sugar which could lead to right drinking sh- sugar is one of the worst things that we can do right it yeah pretty much leads to weight gain very very easily and you know all sorts of negative um uh, effects whereas something like broccoli right it's high in fiber it's going to keep us full so we're going to you know want to eat 100 calories less later on it gives us nutrients that we need you know and on and on and on and so uh, a calorie is not a calorie calories are not created equal and you know in eat slim and in the eat healthy plan i really teach people that it's not so much counting calories and fat that's as important as Counting real foods, or just looking for real foods, and that's how you're going to determine the healthiness of any food. um And so, you know, I always like to also use the example. Right? How many people have you two ever sat down and eaten five cookies in one sitting? Yeah. Yeah. Hands up.
0: Daily. Yeah. Okay. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> entire tub of like doth or tire bag of chips. That's like right? my ideal Friday night. That's <laughs> <laughs> so very easy to. Eat, you know what what says on the package, like twenty servings. Yeah, right? and you're like, no, that's totally one serving. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, have you ever sat down and eaten five apples? Yeah, no, no, right? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. What? And you and you could just think about how you feel when you're eating that cookie. You cannot get enough yeah right? you just want more and more and more and more and more and a lot of these packaged foods um because they're empty calories because they don't have nutrients because they don't have fiber that's why we want to eat them more and yep. sometimes you know they'll go so as far to literally engineer the crunch and the flavor and the texture mm-hmm. and the fat content to make you crave more and, and not want to stop whereas you know our real foods right our apple or broccoli whatever once you eat it, it has the fiber you need to feel satiated and it has the nutrients you need to give your body what it, what it wants. And so you want to stop, like you don't want to eat more. And so real foods have what I like to call built in portion control. Mm. And so you don't have to worry about counting calories because your body is going to know when to stop. I love that. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, yeah, the gist of uh, the, the backbone of the philosophy.
1: I've noticed that for for myself personally since I've really tried to cut back on sugar so as I'm drinking a kombucha and eating blueberries not right now, but, um, that I'm less crazy with my food. So it's, I feel less chaotic around having to control my portions or having to watch what I eat because I feel more grounded in my decisions that I make. So for me, sugar is the number one thing to, um, kind of making me feel a little bit crazy about my cravings or crazy about the way that I'm eating. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, um, it's sometimes when, when we are counting calories or, you know, I had a friend that used to bring like a measuring cup to like lunch with her to measure out the exact portion of Damn. what you and, this and, that. and it's just like you become almost a little neurotic about yeah, it. Yeah. It becomes, it takes the joy out of eating because, you know, it should be fun, right? Yeah. It should be something that we look forward to, not something that we're, we're fearful of. And so, um, yeah, I think if we're eating the right foods, then we can kind of let go of that, um, need to control so much mm-hmm. because because then the, again the foods are just going to kind of tell us when we're done and um I mean so beyond just the calorie thing it's like when you are eating enough of your vegetables and fiber and you have your healthy fats and you have healthy protein if you're making a, a a balanced plate um again you're you're gonna feel good and you're you're just not gonna feel like you want to overeat
1: yeah completely and and you said something interesting in this plan um you really help people get to know their body and listen to your body. How exactly does one do that? Because I feel like I'm always told I need to listen to my body, but I don't really know how to differentiate my body and my mind.
2: <laughs> yes. Like when you're like, I want Good that. Good question. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm like, I don't know who to listen to here. Right. Who's driving the bus? So, so, um, so what I
2: mean by that is like sort of looking at the signs of our body because our body always wants to... Um, be in perfect health right like that's what our body's always moving towards and it has this whole set of checks and balances mm-hmm. in our body to kind of make sure we're always moving in that direction so when when things start you know uh, going off right when we develop like a, a weird rash that you know is not supposed to be there our skin breaks out or we have a headache or you know our, our digestion is is not regular those are the kind of signals that i'm talking about in yeah. terms of like so those things aren't normal. So we want to kind of backtrack and look at, okay, what may be causing these these issues? Yeah. And so um, usually or, or oftentimes there, there is some sort of dietary or lifestyle trigger um, or underlying reason that many of these issues could be happening. So that's kind of what I mean. Um, the only time I think that sometimes... It gets confusing is like, yes, it's like when we're craving, like you know, uh, a, a pint of, of ice cream or, or a double fudge brownie or whatever, and you're like, is that what my body really, needs? yeah, uh,
1: you're so. like, I think you know the answer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and you know, what sometimes what happens is cravings actually well, two things cravings could be, um, a are, are, are many times like more an emotional craving yeah. than an actual food craving. So, you know, I know for me, some people it's anger Um, a lot of times an emotion will trigger a desire for a specific type of food and usually it's of the sweet and salty and fatty variety yeah and so um you want to kind of look there and see what's going on is it are you actually hungry it's just typically not um and is it what is the emotion that's triggering it and if that's the case like so for example let's say it's, you know, frustration at work or something that's causing it. It's like, okay, what steps can I take to get rid of that frustration? Mm. Um, or, you know, if you're feeling lonely, okay, fine. So instead of just sitting at home and, you know, uh, digging into a box of cookies, like, could you call someone? Could mm-hmm. you go, you know, visit a neighbor? Could you, you know, do things that are going to make you feel not lonely? Mm-hmm. And so write a letter to someone um, and just redirect that energy because oftentimes once you, you sort of conquer that emotion then all of a sudden that craving for that food goes away.
1: Yeah, and Um I think... I was just saying, I feel like people have a, have difficulty sitting in the emotion. So if the emotion comes, you know, say it's loneliness, the inclination is for people to want to remove that emotion so quickly. And sometimes it can be food that will do that as fast as the emotion comes on. So oftentimes if people don't sit in the emotion or experience the emotion, then they're going to continue to go to the same route of finding that quick fix for um, helping solve whatever emotion it is that they're pushing down
2: yeah and I, I think it's good. like in the moment sometimes it's too hard right like in the moment, yeah you can't exactly think clearly that's why like I like to encourage people to kind of think about it when you're not in that position right so you, you know for example that your trigger is loneliness or frustration or stress or whatever yeah. so when you're not in that feeling okay think about what are some things that I can do once I get there and have like an action plan of like you know, four or five things that you could do instead of eating. And then that way you, you can, you know, put that into action once you actually experience that emotion again.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, and you also, and there was also something else you said too that I want to ask about because I feel like this has been a hot topic for me and a few of my friends um, and I've been hearing a lot about lately is elimination diets. Um, so can you talk about how people can do elimination diets to really determine if there's something that they're eating that may be causing inflammation or something within their system?
2: Sure. So, yeah. So I love elimination diets. This is something that I lead like, my clients on and lead mm. also through the group, the group program through Eat Slim. And um, basically what that is, is you're taking a specific food group or groups out of your diet for a period of time. Usually you want to do it at least two full weeks of like complete elimination, like not even a drop of it. Yeah. Um, and then what you'd want to do is you'd want to add like one food product back, like at a time, um, and then see how your body reacts. So for example, you know, we'll do this for dairy and we'll do this for gluten um and so you don't want to add them back at the same time because if your body has a negative reaction you're not going to know which one it is too that's why you want to add them back one at a time um and then see okay you know what happens do you have digestive issues does your skin break out um, how do you feel how do you look um, and that will kind of give you your answer so if um you take it out of your diet and then you add it back in and you don't feel so great it's a pretty you know. Dep- It's a good indicator, right, that maybe that food does not fit well with you. Um, If you add it back into your diet and you still feel the same, you don't notice any changes during that elimination week, then, you know, that may not be the issue for you. And, like, then we'll go deeper and see, okay, is there anything else that's the issue? Is there something else we can try? Um, So because it's – um. I mean, it's relatively easy to do, right? You're just taking something out and then adding it back in. I um, mean, it's a pretty short, manageable period of time, two weeks or so. Yeah. Um, and and then because the the effect of adding it back in is so, you know, like it, it's there. Either you have a negative effect or you don't. So it's just a really great way, easy way to kind of see um, how you feel with and without certain foods.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's really helpful. So two weeks, um, then you can try to incorporate it in and, and trying to go through the different things. I think it's really helpful. Um, what's a common, the last question that I have before, and I would really want to talk about your book. Um, what's a common thread that you see with a lot of your clients? So something that when a lot of your clients come to you and they talk about their issues or problems, is there a common thread between them that you're seeing with a lot of women?
2: A few things. So one, I think that, um, sometimes what happens is that, um, uh, or very often like people feel like they eat healthy, um, but they can't understand why they're not losing weight yeah. or why they don't feel so great. And, you know, and this is part of the reason that I wrote the book is because if you went around and asked 10 different people, what a healthy diet looks like, they're going to give you 10 different answers, Yeah. right? There's so many different, you know, paleo, vegan you know, pescatarian, low fat, no fat, like, you know, there's just like a million different variations of like what people consider healthy. And so what's really important to remember is that everyone's body is different. Our biochemistry is different. And the diet that works amazing and perfect for me is not necessarily the diet that's going to be amazing and perfect for you. Um, There's probably similarities, like overarching things, like for example, you know, eating a lot of vegetables, but, um, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty details, like it's going to be a little bit different. And so, um, again, kind of understanding like your body, listening to your body, um, is really important to figure out like the diet that works for your unique body. Um, and then the other like sort of, sort of commonality that I see a lot also is just sort of, um, you know, confusion. I feel i like overwhelmed at, at all of it because it, I think there is almost well two things I feel like there's like this uh, maybe not so much in LA but like still here in New York there's a little bit of like a negative stigma or like people who eat healthy are considered like boring or oh my god know, yeah I know exactly like- what you mean <laughs>
1: Like not fun. I'm um, from the Midwest, and that's like it's like live a little. Why don't you just yeah. live a little? It's like you're about to pass out after lunch because you're like so full. I'm gonna go actually live my life, and you're gonna be like having the meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? I am living. <laughs> so so I
2: guess, yeah, tra- <laughs> like peer pressure, and, and you know, people sometimes feel bad or feel like they yep. don't want to. um like they don't want to eat healthy because like people are going to make fun of them yeah or like it's going to be a nuisance like if they have to ask you know the waiter for the cheese on the side yeah. or something you know and um so yeah so just like the the shame or guilt around it um like i feel like that is sometimes uh, a common thing as well uh, which i hope that i hope is changing um But, uh, yeah. And like what I kind of say to that is that, you know, you're the only person that can take care of your body. And so, um, you know, if someone's going to make fun of you for, for eating a certain way or living a certain way that makes you feel good, um, and makes you feel healthy and strong, then, you, you may not want to spend much time with them. Yeah. Right? Um, so, um, so yes, yeah, so you're the only one that, that's going to be there in the fitting room trying on the clothes. You're the only one that's going to be at the doctor's office mm-hmm. getting, you know, whatever they have to say. So you're the only one that can take care of your body. So you can't really worry about what other people um, have to say or think because, you know, you have to take care of yourself. And then usually when you feel good and you look good, people are going to start asking you, oh, what are you doing? And yep. then, you know, want to follow suit.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So Maria, we want to talk about your new book. Congratulations, by the way. The real
1: beautiful grocery
0: guide. Um, It's so exciting. Um, So I love grocery shopping. It's like one of my like moving meditations in my week. (laughs) Mm. Um, But I do find myself, especially like now that there's just so many buzzwords on packaging, I'm like, yeah, they're catching up to us. What is is grass-fed okay, is yeah. natural, actually natural, like, you know, what is allowed to be put on a box, like, to kind of, like, dupe the consumer, and what we should be really aware of when buying these products, so can you give us kind of a preview? Um, sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. So that's that's a big reason I wrote the Real Food Grocery Guide, is because I do feel like it's very confusing and overwhelming um, at the grocery store, because there are all these words, and the crazy thing is, is that, you know, you want to look at, for these words on certain foods, but not on others. Very confusing. So, in answer to your question, grass um, for meat, um, but like, so for example, you know, chicken, for example, doesn't need to be grass-fed, but your red meat, right, your um, beef, that, that does have to be grass-fed, or if you look at, um, you know, egg egg cartons, there's like, Pasture age cage free, free range, uh, omega three enriched. There's so just all of these um, different, different words. So, um, in the book, I really break down what's the meaning of all of these. Like each chapter is a different aisle of the grocery store, and breaks down the buzzwords for that specific food, and then you know, helps educate you on which foods or which words you want to you want to look for, um, and which ones don't really have a lot of weight. So the one that you mentioned, natural. Um, natural is a word that's put on so many different packaged foods, but really does, does not hold a lot of weight because it could be put on a product that has all natural ingredients in it. Um, And so that's one of these words that I like to say have like a healthy halo around them. Mm -hmm. They, They seem healthier than they actually are. Another thing, like I remember a few years ago, my cousin called me and she was like so excited that she found organic Oreos. And
1: was, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs>
2: I was like, "You're missing the point." Yeah, literally. That's, you know,
0: she's like, "But the icing is organic. Yeah. It's made with."
2: This is it's vegan, so it must feel like, good for me. And meanwhile, it's still it was like whole wheat flour and sugar were like the main ingredients. Yeah, and I was like, "No, that's it's still a cookie. You know, or vegan or gluten free does not automatically mean healthy. It just means there's either no animal products or no gluten in it."
0: Mm-hmm. So, right.
2: Yeah, just really helping. Uh, lay out like all the terms. What do they mean? And like, yeah, what do you want to look for? How do you make the best choices in every aisle?
0: That's so helpful. Um, and yeah. I, I think especially people our age are very intimidated by the whole process of, oh, now I have to go to the grocery store by myself and like figure out <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what to get. So yeah, I think that's that's super helpful. What would be like your like every time you go to the grocery store? you get, like your top five?
2: Uh, definitely some dark leafy greens. I try mm-hmm. to switch it up. So sometimes kale or Swiss chard, arugula, you know, um, always trying to rotate. Um, I definitely get a lot of vegetables besides dark leafy greens. So, um, you know, cauliflower, sweet potatoes, um, whatever. My cart is mostly f- filled up with produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely I would say um, eggs, I love eggs, so I eat a lot of those, and I, I tend to go for the pasture, pasture or uh, free-range eggs and organic. Um, I would say I also have like a lot of nuts or nut butters. I mean, not, not an excessive amount, but I usually have those on hand. Um, I love organic almonds. Mm. And another staple that is always in my heart, I would have to say... Um, I'm very big on, you know, like having a really well-stocked pantry with like healthy spices and healthy oils. Mm. So I'm usually refilling that, whether it's like pink salt or <sighs> olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, something like that.
0: What's your favorite oil? I'm like kind of trying to figure that out now because I use all like extra virgin olive oil all the time. But I'm hearing that like I should be using more coconut oil and avocado oil. Avocado oil.
2: Yeah. So there's a whole section, um, in the book on oils cause it's quite interesting because mm. it's a great idea to have a few different oils on hand and use them different ones for different preparations. Um, so extra virgin olive oil is great. Um, although there has been like this sort of controversy in the past couple of years because there's a lot of fake, um, extra virgin mm. olive oil on the market. Um, and so, But anyway, real extra virgin olive oil is great, uh, but you wanna, don't want to cook with it. You basically want to put it on you know, salads or cold preparations, use it as a dressing. Oh. Because once you heat it, you're kind of degrading um, its benefits. And so um, you know, for cooking, coconut oil is a great oil, or avocado oil. Um, this is probably one of my new faves. Um, avocado oil is, uh, like in the book, it kind of talks about what's the difference between a healthy oil and an unhealthy oil. So typically your vegetable oils, which are chemically extracted, those are going to be your um, more unhealthy oils. And those are the things that you're, you're going to want to avoid. Um, whereas your chemically, excuse me, your mechanically extracted, right? So like through a cold press, um, oils that are made that way, those are your healthy, healthier oils. And so those are the ones that you want to use. So avocado oil is a great oil because it also has a high smoke point. Which means that you can cook at high temperatures. So, for example, if you're roasting vegetables, um, or even cooking something like on the stovetop, like uh, you know sautéing something, avocado oil is great because it can withstand the high heat and it's not going to break down um, the way, for example, like uh extra virgin olive oil will. And when when it um, when an oil goes past the temperature of its like smoke point and it starts to smoke, right? You've probably seen that happen before, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. When your your pan starts smoking. So when the oil starts smoking, um, it starts degrading and like your healthy oil becomes um, an unhealthy oil and it can become, you know, we know like olive oil is uh, anti-inflammatory, but once it hits that smoke point um, and it gets that acrid like smell and aroma, it can actually become, um, cause inflammation versus take it away. Um, And so that's why we want to avoid Um, Heating our oils above their their Smoke point so why it's important to have A few different oils on hand and use Them you know differently for different ways Of cooking
1: love that good to know So people can find that information In the book along with information On labels everything basically You need to understand the grocery store as It is today because in 2017 There is a lot going on With labels there's a lot going on so I love that and then Maria Where can people connect with you where can our followers Connect with you
2: Sure. So, mariamarlow.com, mm-hmm. M-A-R-L-O-W-E, is a great place to start. I have a lot of healthy recipes on there, and just general nutrition and wellness tips on the blog. Um, you could also find out more about the book, the Real Food Grocery Guide, there. Um, and so, it's basically, in short, it's the most practical, user-friendly guide to selecting the healthiest foods in every aisle of the grocery store. It also talks about a lot about like the health benefits and concerns of things, in addition to how to select it. So. Just really interesting stuff. Um, And there's a few, like, great um, digital downloads, like free digital downloads when you purchase the book on there. So you can check that out. Um, And then also on Instagram. So at Maria Marlowe, I'm posting healthy recipes um, all the time. So that's a great place to, to stay in touch as well
0: love that so great thank you so much for spending time i know our listeners will,
1: gonna love, uh, this. will love this. Yeah, yeah this is gonna be great and they can connect with you we'll put all your information in the show notes all the links will be in the show notes and it was just really a pleasure i'm really excited for your book i'm happy that you were on and i know people are gonna love this so thank you you're so welcome thanks for having me yeah thank you. have a great day and enjoy enjoy new york today <laughs> thank you bye right, maria bye I'm no longer broken hearted So glad I came here tonight And I see you got what I wanted Baby, you got what I like